And we certainly uh, thank God for uh, you today, the people of God. We thank God for um, uh, our friendship with Tim and Marlene. Uh, we believe that's a God thing. You know, have you ever met people that uh, you find out in your life that um, you realize that that wasn't an accident? Like, man, we was actually supposed to be together. And uh, so I found that with uh, Pastor Tim and Sister Marlene. And uh, so we're just so grateful uh, to be a part of uh, this church. We've prayed for this church for many years and uh, really didn't know. Uh, I never had before I met Pastor Tim. We prayed for uh, his dad. Because uh, my dad had mentioned him uh, before. And so we prayed for this church. And as we do uh, every Sunday, we lay before the Lord and pray for all the churches. All the churches that name the name of Christ, we just pray for them. We just believe in God for not just a move of God in our church, you know, in our neck of the woods. But we're praying that God would move in our city. Have a, how about a Holy Ghost takeover of the city of Louisville? And, uh, so we just pray for that. And so we thank God for our friendship and uh, certainly thank God for our pastor uh, and my mother, uh, Bishop Michael Ford Sr., and uh, he always uh, allows me, I say allow, I'm obedient to what he tells me, so he allows me to take a, a leave of our church and come and uh, be with you guys, and certainly I'm so happy to have my wife with me, Sister Andrea, and she's my high school sweetheart, and uh, she's an old male bulldog too. Just, I'm just, you know, plugging male bulldogs today. Yeah, uh, so thank God for each one of my children, Sarah and Josiah and Judah and Matthew. And Michael couldn't be with us today. He's, uh, God has blessed him. He's actually uh, just got on the fire department. Yeah, uh, just graduated the academy and he's on, on the street. <clears throat> and, and this ain't the message today, but to all parents, there is hope. There's hope for the, un I'm talking about for those that got some that you just don't, don't see it happening. There is hope. The hand of God is powerful. All right. Somebody should just grab that in the name of Jesus. Uh, so we're just glad to be, uh, glad to be here. I, you know, I was uh, really, really impressed uh, by the Lord uh, in the last couple of weeks, just as we were thinking about coming here. And uh, the thing that, that God kept impressing to me is that um, God wants to do something mighty in this church and uh, wants to do something mighty in this church and um, wants to make this church not just a, an explosive place where people come, but we need a place in our community where the leaders in the community know where to go to to get advice, where, they, where, they, where the council people get it, come here and they get instruction, they, that, that this place would be a place of influence. Somebody say influence. And uh, so, you know, a lot of times when we think about in terms of uh, God doing a mighty work in a church, you know, in a, in a community, we think about him coming to the masses and really, really pouring out in the masses and teaching the masses. And sometimes we think about in our church, you know, what big program can we put on? What uh, what big thing can we do to draw people to the church? And uh, we think about, well, what, what can pastor do? Pastor, maybe he needed, Pastor Tim needed a little bit, little, little bit of this or maybe he shouldn't do a little bit of that. But I, I want to remind you all today that uh, if you remember the scripture, the Bible talks about Jesus when he wanted to go and deliver a city. The Bible says he, he tells his disciples, he says, I must needs go to Samaria. He said, I got to. Anytime Jesus say he got to go somewhere, he said, I got to go there. And the reason why he said he had to go there, he says, I got to go there. He said, because I want to save that city. There's a deliverance that needs to take place in that city. 
Then you would think that Jesus would have went through the Broadway, Broadway street of that town, but he didn't. The Bible says he goes to the outside skirts, the outskirts of the city, and he goes and sits by a well. All right. And he waits for not a mass of people, not a crowd of people. He didn't get his microphone and set up his microphone and set his PA system up and get ready to preach the word of God. No, he sat by a well and waited for one fast tail, adulterous, home wrecking, I mean, man stealing woman. And he says, this is who I've come to come for so she can go and deliver the city. So, 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 so what I'm, what I'm here to talk to you about today is a lot of times we think that he's coming to the masses when really what he wants is you just point to yourself, say me, what he really wants is you see, cause uh, uh, my, my first scripture, y'all, y'all. Dude, y'all take notes, don't you? Y'all got y'all ready now, right? So, so if you would, those that some of y'all look at me like, I didn't really come to take notes. If you would just pull your note thing out, it's on your phone, pull something out and, and take, this is our first scripture. And I got a bunch, bunch of scriptures, so you might want to follow me here. So Luke chapter 17, that's our first one. Luke chapter 17, verse number 20. Luke 17 and verse number 20. All right. And, 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 if, and when you have it, just say amen or, or no, say I have it. Okay, I'll wait because y'all are quiet. When you have it, say, I have it. Now, I, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Uh, and so, so I, I want to read this part. It says, now when he, and it, it's talking about Jesus. Now when Jesus was asked by, his, by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. Basically, when you say when the kingdom of God, you're saying, when will God's power show up? When will his law show up? When will the government be established? When will God's corporation, uh, the kingdom, be established in our country? And, and so Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. He says, nor will they say, look, it's over there or see it's over here. He says, no, for indeed, he said, for indeed, it's a fact. It's confirmed. It's a truth. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. So, so sometimes we went, oh, let the kingdom come. Let the kingdom come. Oh, God, let the kingdom come. Well, hold on. Wait, it's you. You it. You're, somebody say, I'm the kingdom. You are the kingdom that everybody's waiting for. The whole city is waiting for you to show up. You are the kingdom that everybody, you're the solution that the world is looking for. We ran Jesus, Jesus, come deliver the city. No, he's sending you, you it. All right. Then, then lesson number one. All right. This is lesson number one. So I want you to write it down. Uh, the kingdom of God is in you. I want you to just make sure you have that. The kingdom of God is in you. Basically the power, the force, solutions, strategies, salvation for family, salvation for neighbors, Salvation for co-workers, uh, uh, those defeat of drug addiction, right? Uh, 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 cure for cancer, uh, uh, dysfunction that's in families. You are the solution. Come on, just receive it. Let it soak in for a second. Just receive it. You're it. He says, he says, everything that everybody's praying for, I've placed it in you. All right. Now, 
uh, the prophet Daniel, he picks it up in chapter number 11 and verse number 32. And what he says is, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. So I want to I want you to write down that word exploits so we can make sure we because we always waiting for Jesus to do a miracle. But what he's saying is everybody who knows their God, they will do exploits. So so this word exploits means extraordinary achievement. Come on, write that down. Y'all looking at me. Just write it down. Extraordinary achievement. Write that down. Extraordinary. He said them that know their God will do exploits. They will be strong and they'll do exploits. They're going to do extraordinary achievements, supernatural actions. Extraordinary achievements, supernatural actions, extraordinary achievements, supernatural actions. Then then uh, 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 the next thing he says, uh, there is one thing you say, well, what will unlock the thing that will help us to become this supernatural exploited thing that what will actually bring that to pass? Uh, uh, and so I know we, we, we this, uh, this church believes in prayer, right? Uh-oh. I said, this church believes in prayer, right? Yeah. Okay, I was y'all scared me for a second. Uh, and this, this church believes in the power of the word of God, right? Yeah. Uh-oh, come on, talk to me. Really? Yeah. Uh, this church believes in praise and worship. Yeah. Okay. But there's something else that we, sometimes we just forget about this part. And I want to bring it to you. Uh, today, I want to talk to you just real briefly uh, about the power of a consecrated life. You might want to write that down. I'm going to give you the definition of a consecration because some of y'all, I said, oh, he's talking about legalism. No, 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 problem. I'm not going there. I'm not going to. Uh, but a consecrated life, the power of a consecrated life. And I just want to give you the definition of consecration. Consecration is a mode of operation. It's a, it's a mode of operation. It's consecration is dedication to a special purpose. All right. It's a mode of operation. It's dedication to a special purpose or service. It is a set of rules that govern your action. All right. Now, I'm going to say it one more time because there's some people that actually take it. No, so I'll say it one more time. A mode of operation. <clears throat> consecration is a dedication to a special purpose or service. A set of rules that govern your actions. All right. Now. Now I want to go to the scriptures. I want to give you two examples and then I'll give you two stories and then I'll get out of your way. Y'all can go eat in your picnic, in your rainy picnic. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was, that was harsh. That's, that's too much. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, judge, and I, and I was praying too, so that shows how I pray sometimes, you know. I'm like, Lord, let it not rain for him. Uh-oh, it's raining. Anyway, Judges chapter 13, verse 2. Judges chapter 13, verse 2. All right. And tell me when you have it. Do y'all mind reading? Can y'all read this? Can y'all read this? Judges chapter 13, verse number two. Judges chapter 13, verse two. And, and I'm in New King James Version, so I, I don't, really don't know what version y'all in. I don't know what's the, what's the, y'all in everything. Okay, well, okay, well, maybe I should read. What do you think? Oh, maybe I should read. All right. Uh, in Judges chapter 13, verse two, it says, watch this now. Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites 
whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. All right. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. Verse number four comes. And verse number four, after the announcement to the woman that you're going to, you've been barren, no son, you ain't had no kids, but God has seen fit to give you a son. And then here comes the instructions. Everybody say instructions. He says, now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink. He says, and not to eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now, what is the the exploit that he's going to do? What's he going to do? So the exploit, the great thing he's going to do, he's going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. All right, but it's content. Everybody say contingent. Is contingent on the consecration that he, he's been given. The consecration he's been given is what? What is it? First, the mother get, was, she got the consecration first. What was her consecration? Don't drink wine. Similar drink. And do what? Don't, anything, don't eat anything unclean. Now, if you do this, this is the son you're going to have. And because he's a baby, he's got a consecration too, but he's just a baby. He can't do it. So you do his consecration for him. What's his consecration? Don't cut the boy's hair. Now, some of the young people in the house, that would be a blessing to them. All right. They look at him. Uh, he, <laughs> and so, some of these people over here would love not. That would be, I'm a Nazarite Lord. All right. But, but this was, this was, this was, this was Samson's consecration. All right. Now the Bible says the, the daddy, he wasn't there when it happened. So you got to go down to verse number 12 for the daddy to get the word. Manoah said, now he, the angel shows back up. He says to, the, 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 to Manoah, okay, you're going to have a boy. He's going to be a, a, a great deliverer. And he said, this is what's going to happen. He said, now let, Manoah says, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life? And his work. So in other words, what will be the rule of his life that will govern his success? All right. In other words, what is the consecration that God has ordained for this boy? All right. Now, when you flip down, the Bible says in Judges 16, verse number 20, we all know what his rule of life is. All he got to do to be a champion is don't cut your hair, be a Nazarite to God, and that's it. Now, for many of us who live in uh, uh, that, that live a sanctified, holy life, these will be a nice set of rules for us because we'll be like, man, all I got to do is don't cut my hair and live like a Nazarite. I'm good. The Bible picks the story up in, in chapter number 16 and says about Samson. The Bible says one time Samson spent all night with a prostitute. Oh, look at the church for them. Really? Yes. The man of God, he spent all night with the prostitute. Then the Bible says the Philistines came upon him and the Bible says he jumps up and the anointing of God is laying on top of him. What? 
He's, did you get the, maybe the Bible made a mistake. He laid all night with the prostitute. And now all of a sudden the anointing of God is on him. And the Bible says he goes, takes the post, the, the gates of the city. Along with the post, he tears them out and carries them up a mountain and says, y'all want me? Come get me. This is the anointing all because of his consecration. And then later on, the Bible picks it back up and it says, it says that uh, he ends up spending, he marries a girl named Delilah. All right. Mar- Ain't no Delilah's in here, is it? I don't want to mess with uh, uh, He marries a girl. <laughs> he marries a girl named Delilah. And Delilah is She's a woman who's not just coming against his purpose. She's going to, in order to come against his purpose, she's got to come against his consecration. So the Bible says she worked him day and night trying to see what's this thing that makes him so powerful. And the Bible says finally after she wore him down, after she wore him down, she, he, he finally tells her, listen, if you really want to know my source of strength, it's in my hair. If I cut my hair, I lose my anointing. And the Bible says while he was asleep, she cut his hair. And why? Then when she said, she says, she says, uh, Samson, wake up. The Philistines are here. And the Bible says this about him. The Bible says he woke up and he said to himself, I will arise as other times. I will shake myself and the anointing of God will come on me. And I'll defeat the enemy like I always defeat the enemy. And the Bible says this about him. The Bible says, but he knew not that the anointing of God had departed from him. All because he let his consecration go. Now, the Bible then says, the Bible then says, once he's captured, the Bible says, watch this now. The enemies of God celebrated. They celebrated with their demon God. And they gave glory to their demon God saying, look at the power of our God that has delivered this man into our hands. And it wasn't because the power of his, their God. It was because of the failure of the man of God to remain consecrated. Ooh, y'all like, is this a shout message? No, it's not a shout message. Bro. All right. So, so, so now I, I, I just want somebody say consecration. I, I want to remind you that consecration is not based off of sin. It's not to say, okay, uh, everybody's consecration is the same. It's not. Consecration is based off of the thing that God speaks to you. Ooh, this is going to get tough. It's going to get tough. Hold on for a minute. It'd be, it, but it'd be fine at the end. Trust me, I'm fine. Uh, Pastor, I'm not looking at Pastor Tim because I don't want him to be mad. First Kings chapter 13. In verse number one, go there real quick. First Kings chapter 13, verse one. First King chapter 13, verse number one. Second example. First Kings chapter 13 and verse number one. When you have it, say, I have it. Some of y'all don't have it. Y'all just going to let me read it. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, uh, verse number one. And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam, who was the king, stood by the altar to burn incense. Then the man of God cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. And he said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, 
Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall, shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the man of God, uh, what he said, who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. Now, hold on for a second. Now, the man of God, does the Bible give his name? Does the Bible give his name? There's a reason why I'll tell you in a minute. The Bible says when the man of God got there and he spoke such a mighty, powerful word to the king and to everybody that was listening. And when he said, he said, this altar is going to be split in half. So when the king heard it, he was upset. And so the king stretched his arm and said, arrest that man. As soon as he said it, the Bible says his arm started to shrivel up. The power of God hit him. Then that king changed his mind. He said, oh, oh prophet, uh, excuse me, prophet, your mighty prophet, can you please pray and ask God, show me some favor and, and unloose this arm, unlock this arm for me. And the man, thank God it wasn't me because uh, I might have said no. Uh, but 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 I was saying, I'll, I'll let him stew in it just a little bit. Oh, man, I'm the man of God now. Uh, but anyway, so... <laughs> So, so he says, he says he prays and the man's arm comes back. It comes back. Power of God. Then the Bible says, the king says to him, he says, mighty man of God. He said, because you've done this, come back home with me. I'm going to bless you big time. He said, I want you to come back, eat at my table. I'm going to give you a blessing. Look what the man of God says. Go down to verse number, uh, verse number uh, eight. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half of your house, I would not go with you. Well, that's rude. Nor would I eat your bread, nor drink your water in this place. And he says, but it's not because I don't want to. It's not that I don't want that piece of gold you're going to give me. I kind of do want that. He said, but here's the reason why. He said, no, he said, for so I was commanded uh, it was commanded me by the word of the Lord saying, you shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came. So he went another way and did not return by the same way he came. Now, is it a sin to drink water? Come on, talk to me, people, because if it was, we'd all be in hell right now, right? All right. Is it, is it a sin to eat bread? Thank God, because we all, now some of us love that bread, right? So, so it, is it a sin for you to get in your car and go back home the same way you came? No, but this was the consecration that God gave to this man of God. Whoo, we're going to get there in a minute. Everybody has a unique consecration. All right. Yes, we're not supposed to sin. Great. But there is a different part. And it is it's found. If you look in, there's a part where the Bible says uh, um, he says he says every man. I think it's found in uh, I can't remember. That says because he's, there's a scripture that says he says uh, you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you shouldn't. Yes, we love the word of God. That written word of God is powerful. 
He said, but don't just live by that. There is a proceeding word that comes from the mouth of God that is meant for your life. You know, God is still talking to his people. And so he'll speak to you. Oh, he'll speak to you and say stuff like your consecration is to get up at four o'clock in the morning and pray. And when you when he wakes you up, you're not supposed to look over at the clock and say, oh, that's just the devil. I got two more hours to sleep. No, it's probably not the devil telling you to pray. It may be your consecration. Woo. Okay. so so then so then the Bible says, if you go to uh, uh, go down that line again, uh, it says later on in verse number 11, starting in verse number 11, the Bible says there was an old prophet who heard what the man of God did. So when he heard what the man of God did, now the Bible, the connotation is he's an old prophet who don't have no anointing on him no more. That's the connotation because now God had to send a prophet from a different city to speak to his city because he ain't in his spot no more. All right. Now he runs and chases after the, the new prophet and he, he finds the new prophet. The new prophet is sitting under oak because he's tired. Then the Bible says when he gets there, he tells the, the, the old prophet tells the new prophet. He says, are you the man who just uh, d- destroyed the altar and spoke to the king so powerfully? He said, he said, oh, you, you've heard of me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is me. That's that's me. All right. You heard of me. That, that's me. So he says, he says, he says, come back with me now. Let me feed you at my table. And so the man of God says, no, no, no. I know my consecration. I can't eat water in this place. I can't drink water in this place. I can't eat bread in this place, nor can I go back the same way I came. And so the old prophet says to him, an angel came to me today. And he said, the angel said to me, go get the new prophet and bring him back here and feed him because he's hungry. So when the new prophet heard him say that he wanted to, that he, uh, God spoke to you? He wants me to go eat at church? Okay. The Bible says he went back with him. Now, I want to ask you, whose fault is it, the lying prophet or the new prophet? It's the new prophet's fault. Because the Bible says every man is drawn away by his own lust and he's enticed by his own desire. The truth of the matter was he was hungry. (laughs) The truth of the matter was he was thirsty. And so somebody finally told him something good that made him say, oh, well, that's the Lord. Ladies, uh, just a tip. If a man comes to you and says, God told me you my wife, you might want to go ask God yourself. I don't know. That's just a tip for somebody. I don't know who that was for. All right. He told me, God said, well, let me find out from God myself and let me check with my pastor. How about that? All right. Now, now the Bible then says while they're sitting at the table and he's eating. Oh, that, that old prophet could cook. I mean, my God, you know, church people got some skills in the kitchen. And it's the truth. And so I know, I know about y'all church, my church, man. Then the, the, so, and the older you are, the better the cook you are. I mean, if you got a couple of wrinkles, you can cook a little bit. If you got a lot of wrinkles, you're a master cook. All right. So, so this old prophet starts to cooking and he starts feeding this guy. And all of a sudden, as they eating, the old prophet gets anointed again. And the old prophet, the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord came and spoke to the old prophet. And the old prophet said, to the young prophet, because you was disobedient to what God told you to do and you've eaten bread in this place, 
and you didn't come back the same way, and you're drinking water in this, same, in this place. He said, because you do this, you're going to die today. What? Huh? Excuse me? What? Now, the Bible says then the young prophet finished his meal. Now, I don't know how he did that. Because if you tell me I'm going to die today, I don't think, I think I lost my appetite. Right? But the Bible says he, he finished his meal, and then he saddled up his donkey, and he headed out. When he headed out, the Bible says a lion met him on the way. And the Bible says a lion killed him. And then the lion stood there and waited. And the donkey stood there and waited by the dead man's body. And the Bible says, then the old prophet came after he heard about it. And he says, yep, it's the, it's the prophet that was disobedient to the word of the Lord. What happened to him? He forgot his personal consecration. See, God wants to unlock some things in us, but because we wipe away when God speaks to us, God's talking to each one of us, but when he says something to you, you just throw it out of your mind. Like it was, it was optional for you to do or not. You know how many marriages are destroyed because God spoke to the man and said, say, tell your wife how pretty she was. And she's, and the husband said, I don't feel like it. She's getting on my nerves. So he didn't say nothing. Oh, look at y'all. He's like, don't just get mad. Just say, Lord, help me. That's all you got to do. Say, Lord, help me. How many times have God spoke to you about something and you just, you just brushed it away? Not realizing God was speaking to you about how to unlock your particular purpose. Okay? Y'all hear me? Y'all shake your head if you with me. It might hurt a little bit, but shake your head anyway. It's okay. All right? Now, I want to tell you what happened to me. So one day, I was watching, how many U of L football, how many U of L fans are in here? Where are the saved people at, okay? Right, save me. We'll pray for everybody else afterwards, just, you know. All right, so, 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 uh, so one day, I'm, I, it, was, it was a few years back. It was the first time Petrino, Bobby Petrino was coaching. And I don't, I, 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 it's vague to me, so we was either playing Rutgers or Miami. I can't remember now. But whatever it was, it was going to send us, basically it was going to take us to the championship game. I mean, if we had won this game, they weren't going to be able to stop us from being in the championship game. And so I was so excited about this. Told my kids, said, we win this game, we going. We all traveling down there. We going to go down there. And, and so as the game went on, we was winning. It was a tough game. We was winning. But then all of a sudden, we start making mistakes. And then we start, we start losing. And I was at work. And uh, I'm getting excited, getting mad, getting angry. And then all of a sudden, we'd lost. And I, I lost my mind. I was so angry, so mad. I'm kicking stuff. I'm throwing. Now, I didn't cuss, but, 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 but I was fussing hard. That Bobby Petrino, he sucks. He says, all right, we should fire him today. And I was going ballistic. And out of my going ballistic, the spirit of God speaks to me. That's not a real good time for the Holy. But, but the Holy Ghost speaks to me. He says to me, he says, Michael, is it good for you to be this angry? And I was like, well, well, I'm not really talking to you right now, Holy Ghost. I was really focused in on this game. And, and, and so he says, he said, he said, Michael, is it good for you to show everybody around here who's watching you that this is most important to you? And I was like, Holy Ghost, you're kind of dampering what I'm, what I'm feeling right. We're like, what's going on? Then he says this last thing to me. 
He says, Michael, today starts your new fast. Then I got nervous. And and he said, he said, you will watch no more sports until I say so. Some of you men know, y'all know what I'm talking about right here. Like, 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 like this was, this was Gary going to playoffs. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming around here, right? And, and so, so it's, you want, and, and have you ever had a mama or daddy that told you, go wait in your room till I get ready to get you? Everybody, we worked on the fire department and the, 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 the guy used to say, you all keep doing push-ups till I get tired. Have you heard that before? So, so now God has told me, he said, your new consecration is you are to watch no sports until I say so. That's my new consecration. Everybody say consecration. Oh, y'all, y'all saying like it's a cuss word. It ain't a cuss word. <laughs> y'all like consecration. No, everybody say consecration. Y'all look, y'all didn't got nervous. Well, y'all like, oh, Holy Spirit. I, you first you were saying, Lord, talk to me. Speak to me. Now y'all get nervous. Lift your hands to the Lord, everybody. Lift everybody, lift your hands. Say, God, speak to me. Come on, say it with some conviction. Say, God, speak to me. My consecration of no sports, watching any sports, lasted for two years. For two years, I didn't watch anything. Oh, come on, you can just imagine what came on TV. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about NBA games, NCAA games, the tournament, Super Bowl. I mean, just all kind of stuff. For two years, I walked in that consecration. But you know what happened to me in that consecration? I lost my desire for anything sports. All the stuff that I thought was so important, I lost it. Then God filled it with a new anointing to do work for him. Now, all of a sudden, all this time that I was spending focused in on things that mean nothing. Oh, it hurt somebody. I was spending time on things that meant nothing. And now all of a sudden it freed my time up so God could use me for a greater purpose. You're hearing me. You're hearing me. I'll give you one last one. I'll, I'll talk to you. One, one, uh, a few years later, uh, I, I was on the fire department and I, I I got off work that morning and that morning would start my new vacation. Right. And so that night I was in bed and I, it was at night. It was late. And uh, I just so happened to be flicking through the TV. And uh, in my mind, I had planned on using my vacation to I said, I, I'm going to reconnect with my friends, my brother friends. who I, I don't hang out with my brother friends at all. I said, I'm going to take one of my brother friends out to lunch. Every day while I'm on vacation, we going to eat. Thank you, Jesus. We going to eat. Hallelujah. All right. And I said, so, so, so that night I'm watching TV, sitting in my bed. My wife's laying next to me. She's asleep and uh, snoring a little bit, you know. And, uh, so I'm just, just watching TV. I'm flicking through. And Bob Rogers, I don't know if y'all know Bob Rogers. He's a, a pastor of evangel. I stopped. So what old Bob talking about? So I stopped listening to Bob. Bob started talking about fasting. I said, well, Bob, I'm going to turn the TV off. (laughs) Bob, you're going to lose me right here. But for some reason, I couldn't turn the channel. I just kept looking. Man, I was going it. And as I'm looking at this channel, 
God begins to speak to me. And he said, Michael, got a new consecration for you. Then you be praying like me. God use me, right? It's a new consecration for you, Michael. He said, he said, starting today. What? Come on, today? He said, starting today. He said, um, you will go on a 21-day fast. No food, just water for 21 days. And I said to God, I think I spoke to the devil first. And then I realized that, come on, the devil ain't telling you to fast, so stop that. So I went back to God and I said, God, what, you know, the most I've ever done was a three-day fast. Common sense would tell us, start me out at a five-day fast. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm saying? Like, come on, God, you, you are wiser than anybody. Even you know that you don't jump from three to 21. It don't make, it don't make proper sense. And I said, so, so he, says, he says, Michael, 21 days. So, I, you know, as I'm thinking, my mind's rolling, I'm thinking, okay, how can I, what can I do to get out of this? And I said, oh, the scripture. Oh, yes. The scripture says that before you go on a fast, you should consult your spouse to make sure they agree with your separation. Come on, somebody. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, I, my wife was asleep, so I, I pushed her and said, baby, baby. She said, what, what, what? I said, I think God is telling me to go on a 21 fast. But, but I won't do it if you don't want me to. Because, you, you know, if you don't want me to, I won't do it. Uh, whatever God say, do it. And she rose back over. <laughs> that, that woman don't help you when, you when you think you need that great help, right? She, so, so she goes back to sleep. Now I, I'm like, I'm trying to think, I'm like, what else can I do? And God's, he's just waiting on me. He's just waiting on me. And, and I finally, I said, oh, yeah, God, I'm on the fire department. You know I need my strength to save people. You know, and when I go into those fires, it's good. I don't, you don't want me to pass out and die, and I'm carrying people, and we, I can't get somebody out. And God said to me, check your calendar. So I went to my calendar. I didn't really realize how many days of vacation I had. So I counted them to... 6, 10, 15, 19, 20, 21. And then the tears fell. Because at this point, I've given in, right? This is God. I got 21 days vacation starting tomorrow. So I got up, went and anointed my head. Y'all faster, don't you? Y'all do fasting? Yeah. And look at y'all. <laughs> I anointed my head, and, and, and I went on the fast. I, I, I dropped like 50-something pounds. And I had people tell me, you're going to die. Well, if I, if I die, God told me to die. I didn't, you know, I'm just going to be obedient to what he said. But I want to tell you, uh, after I came through that, God unlocked some new things in me. Things that I had never experienced. I walked in an, an anointing that I had never walked in before. God started giving me strategies. That's when I came up with Master Builders Academy. That's when I, that's when I uh, uh, started working for our organization and doing new things in that organization. That's when we went to go build schools in Africa. All of a sudden, God unlocks this thing in me that begins to propel me to places that I never thought I'd be before. What I want to just suggest to you 
is what if you would be obedient to that small voice that's talking to you? Come on, somebody. Don't look at me like that. Y'all, y'all, y'all nervous again. What, what, what would happen to this church if you begin to be obedient to that small voice that's talking to you and telling you what your consecration is? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. Now, I'm finished, so now I'm going to pray for you. Those that I'm talking to, stand. If I'm talking to you, if I'm not talking to you, just remain seated. But if I'm talking to you, you know God is speaking to you. You know God has spoken to you. You know that there's been times where he said for you to do something and you didn't do it. But then we wonder, Lord, we're praying so hard for this thing to happen. But then when God just gives us one simple thing to do, we brush it away. If you would be open to God speaking to you what your consecration is, just lift your hands to the Lord, close your eyes, and tell the Lord, I'm open now. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Say, God, I'm open now. Whatever you say, whatever you speak, whatever you say, whatever you would speak to me, I'm going to be obedient with the help of the Lord. I commit to obedience. I commit to, come on, say it with me. Say, I commit to obedience. You will never be the same. I pray it in the name of Jesus. That God would unlock so much power in your life. I pray in the name of Jesus that he would unlock, unlock strategy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. He's going to give you new solutions in the name of Jesus. Your family will never be the same. All you have to do is be obedient now. We release it in the name of Jesus. We unlock it in the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Your people are open. In Jesus name. Amen. God bless you everybody.